Are you a 3PL spending more time and money than you'd like recruiting and onboarding logistics roles? Then it's time to check out Rapido Solutions Group, the leaders in nearshore logistics staffing. Located right next door in Mexico, they have access to the freight talent you need. From carrier sales to tracking and tracing and everything in between, they can do the heavy lifting for you. So if you're ready to get your time back and want to move fast, check out Rapido Solutions Group. Visit GoRapido.com to get started today. Hello, and welcome to the Bootstrapper's Guide to Logistics, the FreightWaves podcast highlighting founders doing it the way that doesn't get a lot of attention. We're here to change that and grow the small business community in our industry by telling their stories and inspiring others to take the leap. I'm your host, Nate Schutz. Let's build something together from the ground up. First, I would like to start off by thanking Kevin Hill for joining us last week and sharing his story as the founder of Carrier Lists and his life in the freight world. I'd also personally like to thank him for helping me get over my own fears about doing this podcast. Kevin, if you're listening, thank you, and I owe you one. Today, I am excited to introduce our guest who likely knows more people in the supply chain world than anybody I've met, certainly. She graduated from the University of Illinois after getting a business degree and then spent several years working in account management in the marketing agency world before transitioning to human resources for a transportation software firm. She made the leap to starting her own company in 2010 and is known for having one of the most experienced teams in the supply chain recruiting space. Please welcome to the show, founder and president of CS Recruiting, Charlie Safro. Thanks, Nate. I'm excited to be here talking with you. So everybody knows that Chicago is somewhat the heartbeat of America's freight industry. Have you always been a Chicago native? I have. I was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago, went uh, down to University of Illinois for college, spent some time living in the city, and ended up just a few blocks from where I was raised. And this is where I'm raising my family in a suburb called Highland Park. So I see that you spent a fair amount of time on the creative side in the marketing world uh, in account management. And then at some point, you made the transition to being more people focused on the HR side. What was that like? It was a a fun transition and probably one that uh, was always kind of my path before I knew it. So um, growing up, I worked at Nordstrom in high school and college. Obviously, Nordstrom focuses on customer service, and I've really always been in the service business. So even in marketing, it's all about providing a service that companies need and showing a value through that. Um, So it was a really an easy transition to go from that marketing world to human resources and and really focusing in on recruiting. And then how did you take that skill set and apply it to the transportation world? So I had a chance to really learn about the transportation world at the first company I worked at, Real-Time Freight, which was my husband's company. I went to work there after we had our first son. And I just realized, like many people do when they get into the industry, that everything moves through the supply chain and that we could not survive without it. So when you start really dialing down and looking at all the different components from material procurement and manufacturing, distribution, transportation, you realize that at the end of the day, it is a people business. And there are humans behind every function, every step of the way, making things work and and keeping that machine well oiled. So really an easy transition to just hone in on the people that are getting product to us every day. 
So how did you, or what did you see in the way things were done, maybe within the industry or within recruiting in general, that you saw an opportunity and thought, I want to do this, but I want to do it differently? It's a good question. And it, it really evolved very organically. So I spent about four years as a corporate recruiter in a transportation technology company. And my husband then sold his company. I stayed on with the new owners, really as more of a freelance recruiter, finishing up some searches. And LinkedIn was just new to the scene at the time. So when I was recruiting at Real-Time Freight, we're talking Craigslist. I was posting ads in Starbucks. LinkedIn was not a thing. Career Builder wasn't even big yet. So when I went off on my own is really when LinkedIn started to get attention. And I became a super user, um, just putting myself out there as a logistics and transportation recruiter. And I think what happened is, is people saw me and didn't even realize that there were recruiters that knew this space and specialized in this industry, spoke the language. So I got one inquiry and uh, just took it and, and filled the position. Then another one came and all of a sudden I had a service and I had a, a very small business, a one woman show, but um, that's when I kind of knew I was onto something and that there was a niche that, that really needed someone who was an expert. Tell me about your first two to five employees. How did you find them? What did they bring to the table? What are you most proud of from that time in the company's history? Important time for sure. So my first employee was actually my husband. I had worked for him for about four years. And when I started my business, again, it was very organic. I got very busy quickly. And I got to the point where I was either going to scale or I was going to fail. And I am very opportunistic. I, I saw this opportunity, wanted to seize it. My husband was sitting out and on compete at the time. So he knew the industry. I brought him onto my team. That was technically my very first hire. Uh, my second hire, actually my second and third hires are still at the company today going on nine and 10 years. So um, Beth, who is now our vice president, came through a referral, a friend of a friend of a friend. And when we met, uh, she had a great background in LTL Freight, a little bit of recruiting. She was just a few years out of college, um, but I saw a ton of potential in her. And then Morgan was our second hire, who is our director of recruiting today. Um, she started right out of college, learned from the ground up every function in the organization. So really proud that both of them still are by my side today and part of my leadership team. And, and you're at 35 people now? Yes. How do you stay connected with everybody in your organization when you're growing that quickly and still hold true to what made it special in the beginning? It's hard. I'm not going to lie. Pleasing 20 or 35 people is a daily task and a daily mission of mine. And it's not easy to keep everyone happy at the same time. But I don't know if you know this, we went fully virtual in March of 2021. Obviously, we were all sent home in March of 2020. And we were productive and we were happy despite the pandemic. Um, so we bought out our lease earlier this year and moved to a, a virtual full work from home models. So keeping my team connected is a priority for me every day. We have some very tactical platforms that we use, Slack being one of them, um, that definitely keeps us engaged both personally and professionally. 
our entire leadership team and all of our managers conduct one-on-ones with all of their direct reports on a regular basis. Those one-on-ones are reserved for catch-up. It's not professional talk. We're not looking at metrics, really just checking in. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What can I help you with? And then something that we've implemented is quarterly get-togethers. So once a quarter, our team comes together. It is mandatory, but we're just four times a year. And we do a full day of a little bit of business and a lot of fun. So in between those quarters, we do a lot of optional company outings. We actually had a a happy hour last night. Um, And the amazing thing is there's been so many friendships formed in the organization that outside of these planned events, People are getting together at a Starbucks to work. People are getting together at someone's kitchen table to, to have a team meeting just because they want some company that day. So um, that's one of the most amazing things is seeing these relationships form outside of, of the, the actual business. So you are very active on LinkedIn. And so I have to ask you the question, what's your favorite emoji to use on LinkedIn? Because you like them a lot. <laughs> I do. (laughs) I would say probably like the hands up. Uh, Put two hands up for that. I like the wink a lot, but I feel like sometimes I might be sending the wrong message with the wink. So I got to be careful about that. It's not a flirty wink. It's just like, hey, I got (laughs) you. So you also shared beforehand that you have a bunch of different objectives that you're working on right now. The one that struck out or stuck out the most to me was that sometimes it's just grinding it out that it's not always roses and butterflies, but some days it's just hard work. What does the grind look like post-COVID for you? So as everyone knows, talent is in high demand. So what's interesting, we survived 2020, and I'm really, really proud of my team. We came out way stronger than I expected us to. And 2021, we were as prepared as we could have been. um, But We were hit hard with a lot of opportunity, a lot of clients coming our way. Everyone is looking for talent. Many of these companies are looking for the same person. So the amazing thing about recruiting is while you may be doing the same tasks every day, you're looking for people, you're evaluating them through conversations, we're putting them in front of our clients. Every day is so different because we are dealing with so many walks of life. So I'm not hands-on recruiting any anymore, but when I look at my team of recruiters, it's not mundane because they are just gaining so much information, building new relationships, making new friends with every conversation they have. But that's the grind. I'm not going to lie. It, it can get tedious. Um, so at the end of the day, we are dealing with people and people have emotions, people have families, they have stories, they have backgrounds. And a lot of times our recruiters end up carrying the weight and the emotions of the candidates they're representing. And that can be heavy, but at the end of the day, our focus is finding our clients the right person for the job and finding those candidates the right home and the right opportunity so they can thrive. And it's all worth it in the end. Are there any candidates that you recall as being especially difficult where you had to deliver bad news? You thought they were the person, they thought they were the person, they were the finalist maybe, and they didn't get it. How do you help somebody through that really difficult time? Many times, those are definitely the dreaded phone calls. And usually it is a phone call if we've been engaged and gone that deep in the search process. What I can say is, I know it sounds cliche, but it always works out in the end. I remember one particularly tough situation where we had 
an executive interviewing for a president position, which would have been really that top dog um, within a company that was going through some mergers and acquisitions. And it was a really exciting opportunity. Everything lines up with this individual's experience. And really out of nowhere, uh, after multiple interviews, they decided that he wasn't the right fit. So I remember calling him. He was disappointed, probably very frustrated, maybe even a little angry. He had invested a lot of time traveling, interviewing, dinners. And once the dust settled, the company actually did not survive. And I remember connecting with this individual maybe six, nine months later and we just had a really good conversation about things things happen the way they're supposed to happen and this was devastating and it definitely was a bump in in his career path but when he reflected on it it was it was all for good reason and if he would have taken that opportunity like he thought he wanted he would have been out of a, a job and he was a passive candidate he had been employed um and now he actually owns his own company and it's thriving so when i look at stories like that I have to remind myself that things will work out no matter how hard they seem in the moment. The universe puts puts us where we're supposed to be at the right time. Well, and I'm definitely picking up on what your values are, how you, it sounds like you focus a lot on empowerment and the emphasis on the person and relationships. That is a lot to take on for a person. So how do you stay balanced individually, both inside and outside of work? So I have three kids, uh, three boys, actually. So my house is quite chaotic, but I stay balanced really through yoga and meditation. Um, I have been a very dedicated yogi for about 11 years now. Um, 6 a.m. practice, I really miss it. So that is my one hour of the day where I don't have my phone. I don't have interruptions. And it's from 6 to 7 in the morning, so there's nowhere else I'm supposed to be. And that really grounds me and centers me for the day. I also am very committed to meditating every day, once or twice a day. And every day I think the same thing, that I don't have time for it today, or I really should respond to this email instead of taking this break. But what it really does is it clears my mind. And again, it may sound cliche, but puts me um, in the right state to return to my work. I have more energy. I have more ideas. Um, and I find that when I take the time to meditate, I actually make more time for myself and more valuable time where I'm going to be more productive after. So I try and get that in sometime in the late afternoon, but I usually return to some of my tasks and finish up my day after and um, feels good and energized. I love it. We're all the main characters in our own stories. And so I want you to play along for a second and think about the rest of your career and the company that you've got. And you're you're approaching retirement now and you get to have the, the fabled retirement party. And as they introduce you, an, one of your mentors steps out from behind the curtain and they walk up to the microphone and they're the ones making the introduction for you. And summarizing what your career has done and what it's meant to other people. Who is that person and what do they say? Wow, that's a great question. So I'm going to say that that person for me is, is probably not the profile that most people would imagine for a mentor. And my mentor is a 30-year-old woman who is an entrepreneur who started a company. And it's a funny story how we met. She actually wrote a book, and I am a total book nerd. And when I read a book I really like, 
I reach out to the author. And I usually don't hear back, but I like to find them on LinkedIn or Instagram and just say, your book changed my life. Or I really, you know, there's one reader out there who really wants you to know how powerful your story was. So this author actually reached back out to me and sent me a note and we ended up connecting and she has since become my mentor, uh, almost a coach for me. I also participate in some monthly masterminds that she hosts and that's given me an opportunity to meet leaders from all around the world. And what I think she would say and hope she would say is that I'm passionate about connecting people. I think that that comes through in every conversation. It comes through with our mastermind group that I believe that there is a ton of power in a single introduction. Sometimes it's luck. Usually it's timing and strategy of just bringing the right people together at the right time and seeing what could happen. So um, that is actually one of our company's core values is to connect. And it's, it's literal connect in every way, connect with our team internally, connect with our clients, our candidates, our vendors, connect with yourself. Um, and so that is something that, that I hope, I hope uh, I'm known for one day is being that connector. What advice, last question, what advice would you have for job seekers right now? It is a candidate's market right now. So candidates and job seekers, whether you are actively or passively looking, you are in the driver's seat. If you have questions where you're at, if you doubt the employer that you're with, it's the time to look. And this is the time you can really leverage your skill sets because companies are hiring. And I don't see that going away anytime soon, but um, there definitely will be a slowdown. So I would highly recommend reevaluating and and taking a good look at what you're doing, look at the leadership at your company, look at the future for your career at that company, and know your value in the market. And if you're interested in exploring, uh, put yourself out there. I love that. Actually, I'm going to ask you one, one more question then. Who is your ideal client right now? So we represent four different types of clients. We work with 3PLs, we work with asset providers, we work with shippers, and then also companies that sell a product or service into the industry, like a technology platform or an equipment solution. I would say our ideal client is probably the manufacturer distributor category. So the shippers themselves. And the reason I say that is because the jobs we're seeing from those types of organizations are unique, they're exciting, they're challenging, our market of candidates respond really well to them, whether it's planning or procurement, or it's more involved in distribution, transportation, um, they're just challenging fun positions to work on. Now, don't get me wrong, we do a lot of work with 3PLs, and um, they're a good chunk of our business. The hard part about 3PLs is they're all looking for the exact same person right now. So every company is looking for a customer sales rep or carrier sales sales rep. And like I said before, it's a candidate's market. So um, the supply of talent is just not there. And while we continue to take on those job orders and give it give it our best, um, unfortunately, we come up dry with some of those searches just because of timing. So any shippers out there, I, I feel very confident we can fill their opportunities. So on that note, for more information, you can visit cf-recruiting.com. You can find Charlie on LinkedIn at linkedin.com backslash Charlie Safro. To join the conversation with me online, you can follow at Logistics Twit on Twitter. Charlie, thank you so much for hanging out. It's great to hear your story, and you definitely give me hope for the future of people in our industry. 